The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. You've said that you worked very closely with Leader McConnell on this, this bill, now that we see what's in it, seems to be as bipartisan as it gets. Why wouldn't this, why wouldn't both sides really want this to go through? Well, it's a great question, Mika. Look, it took a long time, four months of arduous negotiations. They fell off the tracks a whole bunch of times. I had to be on the phone even at midnight saying we've got to keep going. Why? We're at a turning point in America. This bill is crucial and history will look back on it and say, did America fail itself? Why is it crucial? Well, if we don't aid uh, Ukraine, Putin will be walk all over Ukraine. We will lose the war and we could be fighting in Eastern Europe in a NATO ally in a few years. Americans won't like that. We now can talk about exactly what's in the bill. It appears there's something for everyone in it, truly bipartisan in nature. It's taken a lot of work. It had folks like Chuck Schumer, who was on our show a little bit earlier, working directly with Mitch McConnell and figuring it out. And yet House Republicans and the speaker himself saying it's pretty much dead on arrival. What do you say to Mike Johnson um, beyond the fact that he denies that he's bending to Trump's wishes, which makes me wonder who else is influencing this decision, Vladimir Putin, because everything that he does seems to play into the Russian leader's hands. So is it Trump? Is it Putin? I think it's Putin. It's always Putin. Russia, Russia, Russia. They've they've never let go, have they? They've never let go of the Trump-Russia collusion hoax. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on this good Monday morning or whatever time it is. If you happen to listen live, we've got uh, an audience that goes right around the world. Of course, most of our uh, listeners or viewers watch after the fact. You can get to the live show or the uh, podcast posted after the fact at trumpetdaily.com or at the Rumble channel, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. Speaking of Rumble, we had the Rumble promotion uh, yesterday that happens uh, on Sundays now. I'm not sure if this is uh, from now on or it's just a few weeks or months that uh, Rumble has agreed to do this. But they promoted the, uh, the program we had, I think, from last Tuesday on the regime media walking right into another masterful trap. Uh, I think last time I checked, it's up to 132,000 views. So uh, the Rumble advertising, it uh, it definitely has an impact on uh, the viewings of the show. We added, uh, I think, 150 new followers last week. I think we're on pace to add about that many uh, this week as well. So that starts to add up over time. But here comes the new... Senate border bill, as you heard from Chuck Schumer. If Chuck Schumer is guiding the negotiations with Mitch McConnell, you know it's bad for America. Schumer loves it. Mika loves it. And they're very angry 
at Mike Johnson in the House of Representatives, the Republicans in the House, because they're saying this is a non-starter. This is a no-go from the very beginning. And they're right. It's bad for America. I mean, think about, think about legislation that basically legalizes the illegal immigration into the United States at the tune of 5,000 migrants per day. That's almost 2 million per year. I think it was one senator that said they ought to call this the border invasion authorization bill. It authorizes the invasion. And really, you know what else it does? This hasn't gotten nearly enough play. But it prevents presidents, never mind what they're saying, that that Biden needs this so he can do something. He can do something right now. He can do something today. If the policy was close the border, then he could do it. The laws are already in place. But you know what this legislation would actually do if it were to pass through the the Senate and the House? It would prevent presidents from actually doing the work of securing the border. And of course, that's what Joe Obama wants. It's all by design. It's all by design. (laughs) You know, one of the authors of this bill, that would be Senator Lankford, from uh, from Oklahoma. He actually visited our campus, I think it was 10 years ago or so. And he was up there talking about how tough he was in working with Barack Obama. I think he was a congressman at the time. Then later he runs for the Senate. But he but 10 years ago he was telling our audience at Armstrong Auditorium that hey, I told Obama, you know, don't sell out America to our adversaries and he he even got into the story of Hezekiah welcoming the Babylonian leaders into the temple to see all of the wealth that God had given Israel. And God was upset about that. So imagine going from that, you know, challenging Obama to to helping Obama fundamentally transform the United States. Now, this bill's not going to go through. It certainly won't get through the House. There's some question whether even, even the Senate will send it on through. It's that bad. Four months of Schumer and McConnell, and this is what they turn out. All right, if it gets up to, if it's more than 5,000 per day, then we'll go ahead and close the border. Wait a second, you mean you can close the border? It, but it just has to, it just has to surpass 5,000? That's the language inside this, this horrific legislation. As if this is what Americans want. If you can secure the border, secure the border. That's the way anyone just logically thinks. And more and more Democrats are thinking this. That's why Donald Trump in a Fox News interview can get on and say, you know what? I'm seeing more and more Democrats here in the state of New York. That's where he was, I think, for the interview that are going to vote for me. And, And this is why. This and the economy. And of course, Probably won't have time today, but I've got a segment on the economy as well. And here again, the talking heads in the regime media, they're just beside themselves. They're like, how could, how could Trump be polling 20 points ahead of Biden on the economy when the economy is so good? They're really upset that we haven't just swallowed their propaganda, hook, line, and sinker, everything down. They're upset that we haven't swallowed their propaganda on the border crisis either. They pretended it wasn't an issue for three years. Now we're in an election year, and so they've got to address it. And so here's their spin. 
this legislation has everything Republicans have ever wanted and then some. So why won't they send it through? Why, why is Mike Johnson saying that this is a no-go? How dare he? Scarborough even went into his question his religion. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because he, wor- he worships Trump more than he does God. So he must be a counterfeit. Listen to the morning meltdown from earlier today. Clip, uh, this is clip nine. The House Republican leadership say they won't bring the bill up for a vote, with Speaker Mike Johnson saying it's even worse no, than expected. No, that, it's That's not. just a lie. Uh, and I'd love to know what Bible he's looking at when he says he lives by the Bible, because it's, it's bizarre that, that this guy is worshiping at the feet of Donald Trump. Basically does whatever Donald Trump tells him to do and was, of course the chief sponsor of the big lie in the House of Representatives. So just ask Liz Cheney. Obviously has good reason to be confused because this is the toughest border bill in a generation. If you had read any of that uh, to, to us a year or two ago, we would all say, oh, yeah, that's the Republican wish list. You go down it, it's a Republican wish list. And now just because Mike is being told by Donald not to pass this bill, to continue to allow fentanyl to flood into the country, continue to allow illegal immigrants to flood into this country, what do we have? We, we have a situation where they want to keep the border open because it's bad for America, and they believe what's bad for America is good for Donald Trump. There you go. They wanna, Republicans want to keep the border. Not, not Barack Obama, not the dear leader. I, I've got the receipts for you a little bit later. All these articles going back to the very first year of the fake president, Joe Biden. What he did coming right into office. First thing that he did, open the border. That's what they wanted. That's what Obama wants. Now, again, these morning, if you may have seen the story over the weekend showing you why these morning Joe clips actually matter. It's not just a a waste of our airtime. At Axios, it says here, inside Biden's obsession with Morning Joe. They're all cut from the same cloth. Obama, Biden as the fake president, and then Morning Joe. I mean, they're, they're reading from the same talking points. And, and the fake president, every morning, he's tuning on, he's tuning into morning, the morning meltdown. And so what you hear Scarborough and Mika go on and on about is exactly the way that Joe Biden thinks They're marching to the tune that's being played by the dear leader. The communist takeover of the United States. It's it's an important component for the dear leader in spewing out his propaganda. Uh, Biden is for closing the border. Republicans are for opening the border. Okay, Well, well, I will add, some Republicans are for opening the border. That would be Senator Lankford. That would be Mitch McConnell. They definitely, they're definitely in lockstep with the dear leader on that front. They're part of the uni party. They're rhinos. They're Republicans in name only. I like how, who was it, Mika that said here, uh, just, no, that was Joe. Just uh, ask Liz Cheney. Uh, Mike Johnson was the proponent of the big lie. Ask Liz Cheney. And then, and then Mika saying that this is bipartisan. It's bipartisan like the January 6th sham committee was bipartisan. That's why, as I say, 
they may have a hard time getting it even out of the Senate. Forget about the House of Representatives. But this story from Axios, when uh, White House aides appear on MSNBC's Morning Joe, they're often booked between 7 and 7.40 a.m. That's so they'll reach one crucial and loyal viewer, President Biden, Biden's years-long love of MSNBC's staple morning show affects how the White House runs and who Biden listens to. So you may think it's a waste of time and that nobody watches it. Well, the dear leader does. The fake president does. They're glued. They are glued to morning meltdown, if you can believe it. Listen again to another clip from this morning, clip eight. These far-right House Republicans who say they're not listening to Donald Trump, even though he has said he's got his finger on the button here in terms of which way to go, and he doesn't want this bill to go through because it would make Biden look good. I mean, that's where we're at. There's no other excuse, especially... Trump, you see, he's living rent-free in her head. They've, uh, they've, They've gone on and on about Trump being finished. But now Trump is running the House of Representatives. Now Mike Johnson says what he says only because he worships Trump. He's not really religious. He's not a a traditional Christian in any sense of the word. He is a Trump. He's part of the Trump cult. He worships at the feet of Trump. Trump is, and he's correctly saying this, he's saying this is a death wish for the uh, the Republican Party and, and just look at the numbers alone I think it's a hundred and eighteen billion dollar package and uh, 20 billion of that that would be about what 15 percent 20 billion goes to border security and we have to put security in scare quotes because really it's about just processing through processing them through, getting them work visas, and eventually, eventually, hopefully by 2030, you know, that's just a few years away, they'll be voting. And they'll be voting Democrat. But the numbers alone, 20 billion toward the border. I think it's 14, 15 billion to Israel, aid for Israel. 60 billion to Ukraine. Sundance is right. I mean, this is just, it's all smoke and mirrors. What this is about is getting more money to Ukraine. Getting more money to secure Ukraine's border. Now that we can secure. That we can put our faith in. But securing this one, no, no, no. We're going to bring in 5,000 per day. If it goes a a little over 5,000, then maybe we'll, we'll think about curtailing it. Then maybe we'll talk about stopping it. And, and really what this legislation does is it just gives the authority over to DHS to actually implement it, they wouldn't even have to do that if they didn't want to. It's nothing. It's nothing. At at best, really. If it were implemented, it would really hamstring the, the presidency of Donald Trump as he'd be unable to secure the border, which, of course, is what he's out there campaigning uh, to do. Breitbart says here, the much-touted emergency border shutdown in the establishment's border act will not be activated unless the president's homeland security says so. That's uh, according to a clause that's buried into the, the 280 pages of legislation that we're supposed to pass through 
as expeditiously as we can, and then we can get around to reading it and actually seeing what's in it. It says, by raising the required numbers further on and, and adding uh, multiple exemptions, the legislation makes it far more difficult for a president to declare a border shutdown, which is the reverse of much media coverage during the last few days. It's like, like some honest members of the Congress have said, members of the House, it's, it's worse than we even thought it would be. Oh, it's just terrible. <laughs> this is what they're trying to, trying to shove down the throats of Americans. This rhino dem immigration deal is really a mass amnesty that essentially locks in 2 million illegals per year. That's a tweet from Donald Trump Jr. The Breitbart piece goes on and says, but the details of the legislation show that the mandatory trigger will rarely uh, be pulled. Discounts many uh, migrants will expire in three years and will have no impact because the law also creates an entirely new fast-track rubber stamp asylum process that can put millions of economic migrants on a rapid path to, to citizenship and into the voting booths by 2030. That's the, the real goal here from uh, the dear leader. We've got to get these people into the, the voting booths. That's the objective over at Red State. It says here, naturally, because the motivation for this bill has never been the border crisis, Ukraine funding dominates the first part of the text, with another $60 billion being sent to the Eastern European nation. Do Americans get a secure border in return? That answer is made clear by several awful provisions, the worst of which we'll get, we'll get to later in the article. It says, the, the one that's receiving the most attention was leaked in the week before the Senate released the text. Namely, it says that the, the Border Emergency Authority does not even kick in until 5,000 illegal immigrants are encountered at the border. That comes out to 1.8 million illegal entries a year before any provisions for automatic deportation kick in. So, as I say, it legalizes the invasion. No provisions kick in unless it just gets so bad if it's over 5,000, you know, then we'll maybe be a little tougher on sending people back. But if it's just 2 million a year, hey, let them in. Let them in. Donald Trump, he uh, put this out on Truth Social. He said, only a fool or a radical left Democrat would vote for this horrendous border bill, which only gives shutdown authority after 5,000 encounters a day when we already have the right to close the border now. I mean, just the fact that you get shutdown authority when it surpasses 5,000 shows you what they can do now if they actually were serious about shutting it down. Why not shut it down to zero? That's what Americans want. That's what Americans are going to be voting for in November. But this is not what the dear leader wants. No, no. He wants it wide open. He wants them voting by 2030. It's a mass amnesty bill in disguise. That's what it amounts to. City Journal. One of many articles now saying what we've been saying for years, in some cases 10 years, that this is all by design. It's part of the fundamental transformation. It's what they want. City Journal says three years into the border crisis, most Americans still don't understand what's actually happening at the border. This lack of understanding extends to the mainstream press and to most Republicans who have struggled to communicate effectively on the issue. 
The cause of the current crisis is President Joe Biden's unprecedented refusal to enforce federal immigration law, which requires that all asylum seekers be detained rather than released into the United States. The solution, therefore, is for Biden to start enforcing federal law as he is constitutionally required to do, or for Congress to deny the president something else he wants until he does. That's what Congress should be passing. Other legislation saying, yeah, you're not going to get any of these things that you want unless you secure the border, unless you send them back if they're illegal. It says here the difference in the number of releases under Biden. Listen to these numbers. I mean, it's just, it's just appalling when you think about what's happening today compared to just a few short years ago. It contrasts Trump with, uh, with Biden. According to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection stats, in December 2020, the last full month under President Trump, the USBP released 17 aliens into the U.S. In December of 2023, that's just a, a month or two ago, the most recent month for which statistics are available under Biden, the USBP released 191,000 aliens into the U.S. In other words... The USBP released 0.009% as many aliens into the U.S. during the final month under Trump as it did during the most recent month under Biden. Pretty big difference between these two. And yet Scarborough and Mika are telling you that Republicans want it wide open and Joe Obama well, they're just trying to secure the border. This is the best deal that uh, we've seen in a generation, Scarborough said. A generation. That's right. These people will lie about anything. And the bigger the lie, the more audacious the lie, the better. Play this from uh, Senator Murphy. Uh, he's a, a Democrat in, uh, in the Senate, clip three. The president doesn't have the legal authority without additional legislation to control the border and fix the broken asylum system in the way that needs to be done. The president doesn't have the legal authority to control the border, to secure the border. He just he just can't. When Obama was in there wanting his policies to be shoved down the throats of Americans. He was out there bragging, saying, I'll go around Congress if I have to. I've got a pen. I've got a phone. I'll do whatever I want. And he did. He did. Now notice what they say. Well, he, I mean, he can't do anything. He needs Congress to step up. He needs this legislation that, that effectively legalizes the invasion. America's under attack. That's the name of the book. If you don't have it, make sure you call our operators. And request a free copy. The number there, one 930 This is a City Journal piece. Why is Biden releasing millions of illegal aliens into the U.S.? Because he thinks that his notion of equity, which he extends to non-U.S. citizens, requires it. On his first day in office, and again, don't get hung up on Biden, because it's the dear leader behind this. On his first day in office, Biden issued an executive order declaring that his administration would pursue a policy of advancing equity for all, including people of color and others who have been historically 
uh, underserved, marginalized, and adversely affected by uh, persistent poverty and inequality. It says in uh, a subsequent document, DHS quoted that passage from Biden and made it clear it was applying it in the immigration and enforcement context. City Journal says, in other words, the situation at the border is by design. What most Americans think think of as a crisis, the Biden administration regards as a success. That's why for three years they said, hey, it's perfect. What's hap- the border's totally secure. What's, what's happening at the border is perfectly normal. The reason they said that is, is, is it was a success. Their open, their open border policy has been a smashing success, the way they view it. But now you see they've got to be just pouring forth the propaganda. It's an election year. And you've got to go into the, the ballot box in November. Sure, that Biden's done everything possible to secure the border, but it's those dirty Republicans. It's those white supremacist Republicans. It's Mike Johnson who worships Trump. It's his fault. That's the reason we see people just pouring into the United States. The City Journal has it right. And quite a few more sources are getting it right as they see this play out now. Three years of bitter affliction, as it says in 2 Kings 14. Three years of bitter, bitter affliction and no helper for Israel. Listen to Victor Davis Hansen as he talks about how that the door's not just swinging open for the illegals. I mean, we're, we're welcoming them in and treating them better than actual citizens. Clip two. The, the irony is that we're treating people who are here illegally and reside unlawfully, we're treating them better than citizens. We're emptying schools out so they can occupy these schools as quarters, and then the students are deprived of person-to-person teaching experiences. And it's, it's, it's crazy that the citizen is secondary uh, to the illegal immigrant. We, we got rid of 8,400 people out of the military because they didn't want to get a mRNA vaccination. Many of them had herd immunity, and yet we don't ask any of these people do you have you been vaccinated what's your health records it's almost i mean if you wanted to really destroy america it would be hard to think of a better way to do it than just invite eight to ten million people uh, and that's what's going to come during the biden uh, administration to invite them in without any audit or background or with any means of support if you wanted to destroy america i can't think of a better way to do it <laughs> yeah the the great replacement theory, it's real. We're witnessing it. It's happening. There's uh, got so many. CNN. Four, the four migrants accused of assaulting New York Police Department officers were arrested and released. That was in New York. And now they're California bound. <laughs> they're just roaming the country. Yeah, one of them getting out, flipping the uh, obscene gestures. To the United States, this is what I think of your laws. This is what I think of your country. I I don't respect you. I certainly don't fear you. And now they're on tour, I guess. They're traveling to California. And why wouldn't you? I mean, California is giving as many handouts as New York City. They are a sanctuary state. Fox News. 
Illegal immigrants reportedly escaping New York City to California could be eligible for numerous free benefits. There you go. It says here, it's unclear whether the Golden State will work with the state of New York to return the men to be prosecuted for their alleged crimes or whether the Department of Homeland Security will work to deport the individuals. We're not sure about that. Can't really do anything until Congress passes some legislation. You know, we can't do anything. Yeah, we just let the criminals roam freely. Let them take over the streets. Let them move to California. Get the bennies there instead of New York. What's the difference? says here, California law restricts state officers from assisting U.S. immigration and customs enforcement. There are also numerous taxpayer-funded programs from which illegal migrants generally can uh, benefit. They just love giving taxpayer dollars to people that come into the country illegally. And they love giving money to Ukraine. And, uh, I mean, the Far East, don't forget about them. You got Israel, and you got the Far East. You, I mean, this is, this is $118 billion that we're giving to countries abroad. And, and then, of, of course, $20 million to process the uh, illegal immigration more quickly. This is how nations die. Die by suicide, as Abraham Lincoln once said. This is from the New York Post. New York City launches a $53 million program to hand out prepaid credit cards to migrant families. Well, and that, I can't believe the four guys left. I mean, you read that and you think, what? Well, maybe they don't want get, to get punished in New York City for assaulting the, uh, the, the police officer. So they're off to California. But don't worry, those of you that are still in New York City, we got more handouts coming. I mean, we got cash. We got cash money we're going to give to you. Freebies. You don't have to earn it. Nothing. Just show up. And they're showing up. Mayor Eric Adams' administration will soon start handing out prepaid credit cards to migrant families being put up in Big Apple hotels. (laughs) Yeah, they're probably staying at at Times Square. My wife and I stayed there at our 10-year anniversary some years ago. And it was expensive, but not for these people. No, no. They come across, they get the free hotel. Now they're going to get a cash card. It's unbelievable. What, as I've said so many times, what country in their right mind does this on a mass scale like what we're seeing? The answer, no other country except for the United States. And maybe to a much lesser degree, the UK. This is just the way Ephraim and Manasseh operate. Open the doors and come on in. Everyone's invited. And just like Victor Davis Hanson says, I didn't play that part of the clip for you, but, but this, this, would, this would be like an unwanted guest showing up at your house, coming into your house and saying, you know what? I don't know if I like it around here. I'm going to make some changes. So you better change this. You better change. And, and the owner is like, what are you talking about? This is my house. Get out of here. But no, we don't do that as a country. We say, welcome in. Welcome in. You want to beat up our police officers? Fine. Look, we still got some cash cards for you. 53 million pilot. They're trying it out. It's a pilot program. If this is successful, it may be 100, 200 million before it's all said and done. The New York Post. Texas Governor Abbott rips 
Mayor Adams plan to give migrants prepaid credit cards as insanity? Well, there's at least one governor speaking some truth. Governor Abbott did not mince words as he slammed Mayor Adams' plan to provide migrants with prepaid credit cards, calling the Big Apple proposal insanity, reprehensible, and offensive. It sounds like insanity is behind it because it really is offensive. It may be the most reprehensible thing that I've seen take place over the past 48 hours. Victor Davis Hansen has an important piece at... uh, I think this is American greatness. And he's making the point again. We've had that article in the Trumpet not that long ago is, you know, that article after the Afghanistan pullout. Is this incompetent? Is this just incompetence or is there something much, much more sinister at work here? VDH says here, is Biden malicious, incompetent or conniving? You know, which is it? Is he just an, a bumbling fool? Well, I mean, he's part that, but look at the agenda. There are people saying he was nothing like this as a senator. Something evil and sinister is at work here. VDH says here, things are becoming so strange, so surreal, so nihilistic in contemporary America that the chaos can only be deliberate. The chaos can only be Deliberate. What was the trumpet? Uh, We might even have it here. Chaos. No, we don't. Chaos. Yeah, we do. Chaos by design. By design. What month was that? I don't see it on there. October 2021. That was, well, that was right after the disastrous Afghanistan uh, withdrawal. It's all by design, as we point out in that issue. You can get a free subscription to the Trumpet Magazine, by the way, if you call that same 800 number. A free one-year subscription to the magazine that gives you tomorrow's news today. <laughs> I mean, we love Victor Davis Hansen, But this was, this was chaos by design, going back to Afghanistan. And what we're seeing is a continuation of that fundamental transformation of the United States. He says here, Chance... Incompetence and accident could not alone explain the series of disasters we now daily witness that are nearly destroying the country. It says here, the atrocities of Hamas now earn only measured objections from Biden. He does not seem too angered by the collapse of the border, nor do the deaths of 100,000 Americans to imported fentanyl earn a loud trademark Biden scream. I mean, Biden screams. He screams, he shouts, but when does he do it? When he's talking about Donald Trump or MAGA Republicans, that's it. Anything else happening to the country, it doesn't even, uh, in some cases, doesn't even warrant a a, a, a mention, let's say. Doesn't even bring it up. But if he talks about Trump, well, you heard about uh, last week, those clips we played where they were just justifying his profanity all of his swear words, and boy, he swears like a sailor when, uh, when Trump comes up behind closed doors. He hates him some Donald Trump. That brings out the worst in that man. But not a wide open border. Not 100,000 fentanyl deaths. 
Not, not spending $118 billion on nations abroad or on expediting the, the processing of illegals. That's, that gets him excited. It gets him, he's not shouting necessarily, but the, you know, he wants it. It says, no, what earns the unchecked ire, often expressed in shouts and hysterical tones, are Donald Trump and his supporters. During these anti-Trump fits, Biden wakes up and his face tightens up. He begins screaming in uncharacteristic animated fashion. Anytime he can smear half the nation's voters as semi-fascists or ultra-maga extremists. Victor Davis Hansen says, if only Biden substituted cartel or Iran or Hamas for Trump, or MAGA, we might see an animate president. If Trump was leading the Hamas invasion, then it would be a different Biden. If Trump, if Trump was numbered among the mullahs in Iran, then it would be a much different tone. Instead, yeah, just fire, fire a few missiles at Iranian targets in, in where? Syria and Iraq, and that's it. Hit a few warehouses and then move on. And then the reporter yesterday, she's trying to press or pen down Jake Sullivan. Have you ruled out attacking or sending missiles straight into Iran? And back and forth they go. Well, I'm not on national TV to tell you if we're going to bomb Iran or not. Well, I could do that for you then. They're not. They won't. They won't. Because they're ideologically aligned, the dear leader and the mullahs. So you've got to try to save face to some degree. I mean, they killed three of our soldiers in Jordan. So a few missiles into some empty fields or maybe a warehouse or two, and then we'll move on because that's proportionate. They kill three of our soldiers and then we act tough. Or in the case of the Afghanistan withdrawal, we fire a a drone strike at an Afghani family killing seven children. And then call it even. Okay, you blew up our servicemen and about 200 of your own people, or more, I think it was. And so we'll drone strike this family. And then no one's punished, no one's fired, nothing. This is Barack Obama's America. He is cheering because the plan is working. How many more people now that weren't saying this a few years ago they are now acknowledging this is, uh, this is not Joe Biden. He's nothing like what he was as a senator. In fact, uh, I, think it's, uh, I think it might be the dear leader who's running the show here. Listen to this montage, clip six. Yeah. He, he knows that he has the authority. We've documented it for him. I don't think he's allowed to do it. I'm not sure Joe Biden is actually making these decisions. I think it's staff around him, and they're, they're, they're pushing him to hold the, or to keep the, the, the border open. Do you agree that somebody else is directing President Biden, that he's actually not running things? Absolutely. I've thought that pretty much since day one. I think this is Obama's third term. I think it's his uh, progressive staff. Joe Biden, the president now, is nothing like Joe Biden, the senator, has ever been. What is his motivation for allowing all of these illegals to come into America and, and, and give them prepaid credit cards and housing and health care and, and all the rest? He's weak and somebody's somebody's running the White House. I don't believe it's Joe Biden. He's never been this extreme. This is an extreme remaking of America, and it is a socialist, communist agenda. I think that they've so infiltrated um, the Democrat Party that it's no longer the Democrat Party of 20 years ago. It's now a socialist party that does not want a strong America. 
that's Christy Nome there, the South Dakota uh, governor. This is an extreme remaking of America. That's fundamental transformation. <laughs> Obama vowed that this was his, his agenda back in 2008. And now he's got a third term. He worked as the shadow president in, uh, in the President Trump years. So, I mean, we're, we are 15 years in. 15 years in to the fundamental transformation of the United States. This Victor Davis Hanson piece. He says, what is the common denominator? What is the, the rationale behind the anarchy? And what is the reason why a president would so willingly rend the fabric of America? What? How is this happening? Why is it happening? Why would the government privilege the illegal aliens over the law-abiding citizen, the violent pro-Hamas anti-Semitic foreign-born protester over the peaceful pro-Israel U.S. citizen, the smash-and-grab robber, over the dutiful security guard. Why? Why would we, would we privilege the criminal over the law-abiding citizen? This article, another chilling piece. There are, there are so many. We've had quite a few packed news segments in uh, our recent programs. But from, from the Wall Street Journal, it says, Welcome to Dearborn, that's Michigan, southern Michigan, America's jihad capital. I mean, this is the state of, you know, the Ford Automotive Company, Henry Ford. And it's uh, Dearborn's being overrun by jihadis, not just Muslims. The, the, the pro-Hamas jihadis, the ones that take to the streets to demonstrate for, not Israel, Hamas. It says here, almost immediately after October 7, and long before Israel began its ground offensive in Gaza, people were celebrating the horrific events of that day in pro-Hamas rallies and marches throughout Dearborn. This is in Michigan. And you know, as the article says later on, the Obama people, you know, the Joe Obama people, they're a little bit concerned here because, you know, Biden's got to win Michigan. It's a swing state. And people see what's happening in Dearborn. They see what's happening in the southern border. They see all the money going to Ukraine. Uh, this, does not, this does not move them in the direction of, hey, I think I'll vote for more of this. It says here, a local headline describing an October 10 event at the Ford Performing Arts Center read, Michigan Rally Cheers Hamas Attack. This imam of Dearborn's Islamic Center of Detroit told the crowd that Israel's past actions have put fire in our hearts that will burn that state until its demise. Hey, you could say that openly in Michigan. That's no problem. That's not hate speech. No, that's not a threat to the republic. That's not a domestic terrorist at all. He's just calling for the destruction of the Jewish state. That's it. That's it. I mean, everybody, everybody calls for that, right? They certainly do at the university campus. And so if it spreads into Dearborn, Michigan, what's the big deal? It's free speech, right? Free speech. At another rally, October 14, in front of the Henry Ford Centennial Library, 
This other imam also didn't hide his support for Hamas's terrorist actions. The American-born, Iranian-educated, Shiite Islamic scholar called October 7 one of the days of God and a miracle come true. This is, a, this is an American-born imam calling October 7 a miracle. A miracle from God! That's the day all the, those Hamas terrorists, with the support and the encouragement of the United Nations and a lot of people in the, uh, the regime media, but we'll let that go. They went right into southern Israel. They raped Israeli women. They burned communities to the ground. They beheaded people, even babies. They murdered 12, 1,300 Jews in the most gruesome, despicable ways. And this American-born, American-born imam, he sees it as a miracle. He loves it. He described the attackers as honorable. He said there were lions defending the entire nation of Muhammad the Messenger. This is in Michigan. Local enthusiasm for jihad against Israel and the West extends beyond celebration of Hamas, the Islamic Center for America, a leading Dearborn mosque held a memorial service on December 30th for a Hezbollah operative killed in an Israeli airstrike. Hate Jews? Support Hezbollah. Support Hamas. It's not just people in Lebanon and Gaza that are taking to the streets to show their support. It's people in Michigan, too. Support for terrorism in southern Michigan has long been a concern for U.S. counterterrorism officials. They don't talk much about it. If these officials are called on to testify, they tell you about the greatest threat facing America. Well, that's white supremacy. That's domestic terrorism. That's, that's MAGA Republicans, don't you know? Ahmed Musa Jibril is perhaps the most influential English-speaking jihadi sheikh. From his home in Dearborn, he's in Michigan too, he promotes holy war to his tens of thousands of followers on Twitter and Telegram. On October 7, the day Hamas slaughtered 1,200 Israelis and took almost 200 hostages, a Twitter account bearing his name retweeted a post that said, the hearts haven't been overjoyed like this in so long. Isn't this wonderful? 1,200 Jews slaughtered 200 taken captive, including an eight-month-old baby, by the way. And this guy in Michigan saying, my heart hasn't been so filled with joy in a long, long time. How do you explain this? Why would the federal government privilege the people of Dearborn or the illegals coming across the southern border? over just ordinary, law-abiding, patriotic U.S. citizens? Well, the reason is because Barack Obama's goal, his agenda is to fundamentally transform the United States of America. And he's had, <laughs> he's had quite a lot of success these past 15 years. Victor Davis Hanson says, We are nearing a French Revolution reign of terror moment the law seems to be what a cabal of hardcore leftists who control the Oval Office say it is. 
will worship, you see. The law is whatever the dear leader says it is. Imagine, just imagine for a moment if the extremists in Dearborn, Michigan, if they would have showed up, if they were like really patriotic to the core, if they showed up on January 6th at the Ellipse and then walked up to the Capitol, you think the, the DOJ would turn a blind eye to that? No, no, no. That would be part of the biggest investigation in the history of the, the agency. Throw them in jail. Put them in prison. If they're MAGA Republicans, just throw them behind bars. And if they get a trial two, three years from now, fine. But the, the process is the punishment. We've got to punish these MAGA Republicans. Victor Davis Hansen says, so... Is the deliberate nihilism, economic, social, cultural, social, and political, a way of leveling the field, making life difficult for the more successful, making those who cherish the traditions and protocols of America pay? He says, finally, is that the plan to take the country to near collapse and then only at the abyss itself to force revolutionary change or else? Take the country right to the abyss and say, look, here's the utopia that we've got planned. Out of the ashes of the destruction you see, we have got a communist utopia that everyone will benefit from. Hansen says, none of this was by accident. It is the dividend of a philosophy that says, we have to blow up your America before we can reboot it for us. Blow it up. You think of that, that section in the chapter, the communist infiltration of the United States, that it was prophesied. And we've got all those quotes from Mr. Armstrong, some of them back to the 1950s, where he laid it out. This is their playbook. This is the plan. In the end, it's to bring down the system, to overthrow the government. And by that, of course, it means exactly what VDH says. You've got to blow up America before you can reboot it in your own image. And this is what the dear leader, this is what Barack Obama said that he would do even before he came into office. And nobody vetted him. Nobody, nobody even questioned him. They swoon. You know, my father gave a, a message over the weekend on the Antiochus, the prophesied Antiochus. And there's more than one of them. You can read about it in Daniel 8, Daniel 11. But the, the point that just kind of I was mulling over, particularly as I was reading through the, the book of Ezekiel, you know, you read, as I was telling my students this morning in class, you read through the book of Ezekiel. I mean, we've got an Ezekiel booklet, the end time prophet, and it, it, it elaborates on quite a few of the passages that are in the book of Ezekiel, but we can't cover everything. So there's some chapters in the book that, that aren't really commented on in our uh, literature. But even when you read those chapters, as I did over the weekend, when just to get a little context, when you get to some of the, you know, the better known ones that we quote or refer to so often, I mean, over and again, you, you just see God's assessment of our sins. And, and he goes on and on, even in some, some great detail, whether it's Ezekiel 8, where he says to the prophet, come, I want you to look into this hole in the wall and see the abominations. It's even worse than you thought. 
And then in Ezekiel 24, he tells the prophet, look, put all the limbs of this animal in a, a pot and, and boil it and then burn it. Burn everything inside. Turn the pot over. Burn the scum in the pot and then burn the pot itself. That's how God sees the sins of the people of Israel, the nations of Israel. I mean, he is not passive or indifferent when it comes to exposing sin. He says in Isaiah 58, I mean, cry aloud and spare not. You've got to show my people their sins. And the reason for this, the reason for this is because of the punishment that's coming. God is warning us. He's telling us, look, you better turn from your sins and turn to me in humble repentance. And in the case of God's people, as I've been discussing with our doctrine students, <laughs> turn to God for protection and deliverance as well. We're going to need it. Jesus said that great tribulation is coming and it's going to get so bad that were it not for God intervening at the last moment, well, we'd just wipe out the entirety of human civilization. But just coming back to our sins and the point about Antiochus, it's, it's not even just that the Israelite nations uh, tolerate the spirit of Antiochus. We love it. We love, we love getting in, into bed with our adversaries. Our lovers, the Bible calls them. We swoon before the dear leader. Oh yeah, they come on with flatteries. And Israelite people, they just embrace it. If it sounds righteous, hey, we love that. We love that sort of thing. And God says, look, you better expose the evil here. Because the people don't see it. The people have been duped. The whole world has been deceived. Revelation 12 and verse 9. That Ezekiel booklet. If you haven't read that in a while, we haven't advertised it in a while. But uh, the 800 number, if you want to request a free copy, it's 1-866-930-3024. We are out of time, sadly. The fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, and we'll definitely, definitely see you again tomorrow. <laughs>